where two babes blab about biology and compete to outweird each other with the most outlandish bio facts we are your hosts libby and kelsey and today something smells fishy yeah it smells like an orgy at a fish concert here but it's not because we're nasty we literally just ate fish tacos for dinner because we got to stay on the theme and that theme is we're talking about fish catch them fry them stick them in a stew what even is a fish that is a surprisingly difficult question it shouldn't be Not only are fish pretty difficult to define, they may not even be real. Fish aren't real? It's also possible that we're all fish. Don't don't do this to me again. I can't handle another grizzly bear versus brown bear situation. I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty of phylogeny, but what's important to know is that for a taxonomic group to be considered valid, it must contain a common ancestor and all of its descendants. Ah, yeah, all those clades and stuff. What we currently call fish is not a valid clade. It includes ray-finned fish, lobe-finned fish, sharks and rays, and a few other groups. From a non-evolutionary point of view, these are all fish. But what if we think about the evolution involved? At that point, it all comes down to how recently each of these groups last shared a common ancestor. We have to contend with the fact that lobe-finned fish shared a more recent common ancestor with us than either of us did with ray-finned fish. Oh god. So in order to make a clade that includes a common ancestor with all of its descendants, then if a catfish is a fish and a longfish is a fish, then we are also fish. I kind of hate that. Don't even get me started on sharks. The catfish and the longfish are closer to being a fucking aardvark than they are to being a shark. With fish, it's really all or nothing. Well, now you've made me question everything I've ever known about myself and left me a shell of a person. What's next? Since we've determined that fish are pretty much anything and everything, we've narrowed the topic of this episode down to freshwater fish. And who better to talk about freshwater fish than our trout-loving, fly-fishing, Giardia-having friend Sam. Sam, what qualifies you to talk about fish? Uh, I'm I'm pretty much the king of fish. Um, I love them. I always have my whole life. And, you know, I just, I go fishing all the time. I catch a lot of fish. I'm kind of good at it. I was a professional fly-fishing guide. I have degrees in resource conservation and wildlife biology. I just love fish. Hell yeah. With commentary from our fish expert along the way, Libby and I have gathered some fresh fish facts. As always, we don't know what the other person is going to tell us about. So we'll be reacting IRL. Let's go. Let's go. Before we get started, I have an update on the last episode. You guys remember the pandas at the Memphis Zoo? The ones my history teacher is convinced are dead? Every day. Well, the plot thickens. What? This is straight from the source. This is from Mr. Hedgeland himself. My God. After listening to the last episode, he texted me. And this is all, this is all quotes. <laughs> he said, one of the two pandas, Lele, was pronounced dead early last month. The Memphis Zoo released that information within 24 hours of when the Chinese spy balloon was shot out of the sky off the coast of North Carolina. Yo, what? He says... 
I am absolutely, completely confident that Layla has been dead for years. And the Memphis Zoo, knowing that they were going to have to send its dead panda corpse back in a few months when their panda lease was up, used the frenzy surrounding the spy balloon to slip in the dead panda story, hoping that the Chinese government was so embarrassed about the balloon thing that they wouldn't make a big deal out of it. I believe this completely. Yeah. This is the truth now. They could have sent the balloon to look to see if the panda was still alive because they were suspicious. Yeah, they said the balloon was a long con to check on the pandas. Yeah. You're so (laughs) right. They were like, oh, fuck, we got to claim that this panda's dead because they already know it's dead. That's why the government shot it down before it could get to the zoo to find out (laughs) if the panda was dead. It's absolutely a conspiracy. Why would the panda live for 20 years they've had this panda and then it dies like a month before it gets sent back to China? Yeah. (laughs) Sam, Kelsey. You guys didn't do any extreme sports? Yeah. Just white knuckling it through life, my dude. <laughs> Sam is, you work at like a snow place. You mean a mountain? Yeah. Repping the, <laughs> repping the hat. This is a podcast they can't see your hat. As you know, I love talking about invasive species on this podcast, and today is no different. There are a couple of different carp species that are invasive in the United States. They all originate from waters in Asia, so collectively these guys are called Asian carp, but that seems a little in poor taste, so I'm going to call them invasive carp. These guys have turned the Mississippi... Way to be racist against carp. (laughs) (laughs) Carpist. Carpist. You're being really carpist right now. A lot of fly fishermen are carpists because they think the carp are fucking things up, even though in some places they're actually good for the lake. Not Not the invasive ones, like the ones that you see jumping. Those johns are bad. Fuck those ones. Just wait. <laughs> See, he's an actual expert. He like yeah. knows what we're going to talk about. You anyway. said carp and he was on it. He knows things. Carp are cool. They're fun to catch. They're big and strong and pretty smart. Oh. I wish someone would say that about me. <laughs> you're kind of lacking on the big, but you got the rest of it down. <laughs> I was going to say, you're two of those things. <laughs> two out of three is not bad. I can't be offended because you gave me two out of three. These guys have turned the Mississippi River and its tributaries into their own personal highway system. They're found from the headwaters in Minnesota to the Gulf Coast. Like lots of invasive species, they outcompete native fish and reduce the quality of the ecosystem. But invasive carp have a special skill that makes them a big threat. And when I say big, I mean like up to 110 pounds big. That's a big fish. That that weighs exactly as much as I do. A carp could fuck me up. I thought you were going to say fuck me. Not this time. Kelsey would get bodied by a carp. I've seen videos of people on like a boat and they're going down the river and they just get slammoed by a carp. Stop spoiling my shit! <laughs> I'm king of the fish. I know them all. He is king of the fish. We can't surprise him. I think he might be king of the fish. Fuck. Just wait. <laughs> These carp can jump multiple feet out of the water to escape threats. Imagine a 110-pound fish yeeting itself out of the water in front of you or your boat. This behavior regularly injures people and damages aquatic equipment. Now, the National Park Service would like it to be known that federal agencies are taking actions to help stop the spread of invasive carp. They also suggest things you can do, like disposing of bait properly and rinsing your boat between bodies of water. But that's boring. I promised you extreme sports, and I am here to deliver. Let me introduce you to extreme aerial bow fishing. Oh, this shit's lit. 
This shit is so what lit. What even could that possibly be? This is exactly what it sounds like. Extreme aerial bow fishing. <laughs> it's so dope. <laughs> People stand on boats, moving at high speeds, wait for the carp to jump out of the water, and then shoot them out of the goddamn air with a goddamn bow and arrow. <laughs> it's like fish skeets. It's insane. Super safe activity to do. Like, definitely you don't injure yourself or others at all. Yeah, I'm totally not about to talk about the problems with this. Nothing could go wrong. Oh. Are you watching this shit? Yeah, I expected, like, one fish to jump out. But it's like a bunch of fish jumping out all the time. How do they, do they, like, boat around and pick them up? Or are you just The arrow is attached to a rope. And so you, like, reel it back in. It's just like, like regular bow fishing, which is fucked up. Bow fishing is stupid, and I don't believe in it. I don't think that people should do it. But for these carp, I think it's valid. Yeah. I know I keep bringing invasive species on this, and it's because it's I feel less bad about saying shitty things that have happened to them yeah. than I would if they were not invasive, which yeah. is why it's okay to joke about Australian people running over cane toads. It's not okay to joke about that with a native species. I would, part of me really just wants to quit school, move to the Everglades, and kill pythons for a living. They will pay you such good money to just shoot the fuck out of pythons. Y'all ever watch that show on like Animal Planet, the python catchers? Oh, is that a (laughs) thing now? I don't know, but I, I remember it might have been swamp people. I can't remember what it was, but there was these dudes um, that would go around in the Everglades and just catch gigantic pythons. They're like, whoa, we made $10,000 to not catch these hosses. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And then there was also the, the dude from Kentucky. Uh, he called himself the Turtle Man. That guy that caught the giant alligator snapping turtle. Do y'all remember that dude? Oh, shit. No, but I would be more comfortable trying to wrestle a boa constrictor than an alligator snapping turtle them's, them's he had right. all of his fingers i couldn't believe it i haven't wrestled an alligator snapping turtle i have wrestled a common snapping turtle <laughs> save it for the turtle episode <laughs> oh i would love to do a turtle episode anyway like any extreme sport this has its fair share of risk the carp regularly collide with the boat or the shooters the bears of katmai are not the only ones getting bitch slapped in the face by fish <laughs> In Illinois, one of these fuckers leapt out of the water and broke a woman's jaw. She had to have it wired shut for six weeks. Oh my god. Don't worry though, after getting her to a doctor, her fiancé and other friends returned to the river to murk the shit out of a bunch of carbon retribution. Hell yeah. Just a revenge killing. Basically, moral of the story, if we've learned anything from cane toads and invasive carp, it's that modern problems require modern solutions. People are trying absolutely crazy shit to deal with invasive species, and I respect it. (laughs) Yeah, let's get some submachine guns on these carp. (laughs) Why not? Fuck it. I'm pretty into extreme aerial bow fishing, but you say that bow fishing generally is shitty. Why is that? my cousin had a bow thing he would shoot fish with once, and I, it struck me as unnecessary. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's pretty unnecessary. Like, I understand, like, if you're catching fish for meat and, like, keeping them and you're doing it legally within your limits, like, that's what the regulations are there for. Um, but also, like, I don't know. It does, it's not very sporting, and a lot of people will just, like, shoot fish and then waste them. Like, they'll just shoot it and then leave it. And people species, they shoot native species with it just because they don't know, like alligator gar and long-nosed gar in uh, like Texas and Louisiana, they're getting screwed over because people are just shooting these 10-foot-long gar that are 
a hundred years old and just leaving them there because they're like, oh, we just were bow fishing and we saw it and just shot it. And then they just leave it. And yeah, it's really bad. Kills a lot of them. And they're, they're kind of not doing too well right now. Sorry, Georgia's moaning into my phone right now because she's bored because she's stuck in the room with me. So there might be a little little overlap on the recording. <laughs> That's okay. We're we're here for little extra doggy noises. This is for the Georgia listeners and the Georgia listeners exclusively. Yeah, oh, you know, oh, you want to know something crazy? Okay. Um, at where Duke Street goes underneath the highway there, right at Smithgall Woods. If you go on Google Maps, you go on Street View and you zoom in at the culvert hole underneath it. Um, to all the Georgia listeners, please do not poach there. Um, I don't appreciate it. It's not cool. But for people that want to see something cool, if you zoom in on that hole, you can see a fish on Google Maps Street View. <laughs> if you know where the culvert is next to Smithgall Woods in Duke's yeah. Creek. Hey, this is a secret Duke spot. Street. Don't be putting this like all over the internet. This is a this is a hidden gem. This is a secret spot. <laughs> don't worry. Don't I love worry. that the buildup was just to, you can see a fish. I thought, it was gonna be, I thought it was going to be, you can see you fishing there, <laughs> but no, it's just you can see a fish. That would have been so cool if I was on Google Maps Street View fishing there. Oh, that would be insane. But no, you can, I, you can, if you zoom in, you got to know what you're looking for, but you can see a fish. <laughs> yeah. You know, do you know where the zip line is in Helen? I used to take banjo lessons from a man who lived across the road from that and up the other side of the valley and so you could see the zip liners from the his front porch and my cousin told me she used to work at that zip line place she told me that she could hear us playing the banjo from the zip lines and that is the most <laughs> helen thing of all time <laughs> that was an extremely georgia statement you just said <laughs> It's so accurate, though. It's so accurate. The stereotypes aren't wrong if they're true. Yeah, speaking of hillbilly stuff, y'all ever been noodling? I want to so badly. So badly. I'm extremely excited to finally get to talk about catfish noodling because I've been, I've been a little bit obsessed with it for a while now. But first, we have to talk about catfish. Look, listen, you see this shit on Swamp People. Animal Planet, 7, 8 Central. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Love swamp people. Feels like roots, you know? <laughs> so we're all Southerners here. So maybe y'all can sympathize with the culture shock I received recently. I was talking to a friend, shout out to Bird Luke, and they didn't know that catfish were even edible. Apparently outside of the South, a lot of people have never eaten catfish. And I thought that was like one of the more commonly eaten fish. Yeah, catfish po' boy is like a classic, amazing sandwich. I guess it was just hillbilly ignorance that I didn't know that eating catfish was not the norm. Because that's like, that seems like the default fish to me. It's easy. It's delicious. You can catch a Everywhere. bucket full of them in almost any lake. Yeah. This is an incredible know. advertisement for catfish. Shout out catfish, native species, awesome fish. Big fan of them. <laughs> They're Damn doing right. it. We love a native species. They're out there swimming around. They look pretty cool. So, the reason most people don't eat catfish is because they're considered a little bit gross. They're bottom feeders and they use those iconic little whiskers, which are actually called barbells 
to feel around in the dark, mucky detritus of the riverbed, eating basically anything they could get down. Same, right? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no, they'll, they'll go for aquatic plants and seeds, mollusks, insects, larvae, crustaceans, even other fish. So because they're bottom feeders, they're definitely not kosher, which is maybe why a lot of people don't eat them. In fact, I was at a family reunion a few years ago, and one of my uncles, who had recently converted to Seventh-day Adventism, he looked at the catfish on my plate with, like, the most offended disgust I've ever seen. And he goes, oh, well, that's just completely unclean. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to hell for eating my catfish. You're, you're for sure he was talking about the catfish? I don't think he would say that to my face. He doesn't know much about my lifestyle. Yeah, if Fair he game. did, it wouldn't be the catfish that was sending me to hell. So, catfish are actually a pretty diverse group. They're in the order Siliformes. Evolutionarily, they're pretty primitive. The earliest fossil catfish dates back to around the late Cretaceous period, about 70 million years ago. So, since then, they haven't changed a whole lot. They evolved in and out of bony scales a couple times, but eventually landed on some have it, some don't. There's two kinds of catfish. There's armored catfish, which are like uh, a pleco. You can buy them in, the, in a PetSmart. The, the little shits that stick on the side of the tank and just suck and eat all the algae. Yeah, I used to have one of those. Yeah, uh, they're terrible. Yeah, mine died because it didn't have enough algae to eat. Yeah, well, they also get like two feet long and are hella invasive. They're all over the place in Florida. It's ridiculous. Like, I'll go on my grandparents' pond in their backyard and you go at nighttime, you shine a flashlight right on the on the bank, and you can see like dozens to hundreds of them. They're crazy. They're huge. They're, I don't know, yay big for viewers at home not seeing this on YouTube. Good 18 inches or so. Oh, and then the other kind of catfish are smooth catfish, like a blue cat or like a flathead. Thems are like, you catch them in a lake and you pet it and it's soft. And it's like, wow, this guy's, it feels like a booger, honestly. But yeah, they're cool. But an armored catfish, like you could probably, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it'd go through, but yeah, I feel like you could poke it with a knife and it, and it wouldn't really do too much. Hmm. That's your scales and not scales. I actually did not research as far as his surface knowledge goes. <laughs> this is why you're the fish king. I am the king of fish. Shout out Sam's Fish Picks. <laughs> Everybody go follow, follow at Sam's Fish Picks. <laughs> Yes, please do. It's some good fish content and also some good Sam content. Yeah, my, my friendship with Sam was formed almost entirely on him teaching us on the trek how to take pictures of fish <laughs> to make them look bigger, which is not an applicable skill to anything else whatsoever. It's a non-transferable skill. It only works for fish. The species that most commonly gets noodled for in the U.S. is the flathead catfish, the channel catfish, often called channel cats apparently and the blue catfish. In general though, catfish are some of the largest freshwater fish in North America. They can grow up to about 150 pounds and six feet long. For our Australian listener, that's 65 kilograms and 1.8 meters in length. <laughs> <laughs> I've an anecdote about the size of catfish here. Yeah, can't they like theoretically grow forever? Or was that just something I was told as a child to give, be afraid of lakes? That's a lobster. <laughs> but no, the, so I mean, there's catfish in Asia that get humongous, like 12 feet long, 
probably even more than that. Um, yeah, they're just absolute whoppers. It's nuts. But my grandpa, so y'all know Lake Lanier, right? Of course, that's my lake. My grandpa was a kayak dealer for a while. I'm not sure how he got into it, but yeah, he, he, was, a, he was a kayak dealer. Why do you say kayak dealer like it's illicit? I was like, he says that like it's illegal. Okay, he was a kayak salesman. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure how he got into it. It was sort of a gateway to other things. Yeah, let me just call my weed salesman real quick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so my grandpa sold kayaks for a while, and he was friends with the guys that would go down and clean out the grates at the bottom of uh, Buford Dam. And they said, like, they'd go down there and they'd have their headlamps and everything they said catfish would appear out of the just the murk that were like 10 to 15 feet long like the size of a volkswagen bus and then just disappear into the murk and they'd just be sitting there terrified like trying to chip away and clean the grates on the dam uh while those giant catfish came by i heard that same story as a kid and i remember trying to learn how to wakeboard in in lake lanier and it was like dusk and so it was getting spooky. And you know how you're like 10, 20 feet behind the boat on the line. And I was just, you know, when you're on the wakeboard, you are you have to float. And so you're just, you're spread eagle floating in the water. Just the most vulnerable you'll ever be in your life. And I was thinking about how big the catfish were underneath me. And whether or not they thought I'd be a delectable little snack. You are snack size. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so scared I didn't want to like keep wakeboarding because I didn't I didn't want to get eaten by a catfish and I always assumed that wasn't true but maybe it is I don't know I feel like it is Lake Lanier is there's some interesting occurrences we can get into a whole little conspiracy side hustle here so how do you catch a massive catfish well you noodle for them of course and what is noodling? You're all wondering. This ought to clear it up. So noodling is also called grabbling, hogging, grabbling, stumping, and my favorite, catfisting. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Absolutely not. You don't like catfisting? Here's the thing. That was created by someone who absolutely knew what they were doing. Uh-huh. If you, if you Google noodling, Unless your analytics are very different than mine. One of the first videos that comes up is a very hot woman noodling for catfish. And the title of the video is two, two massive fish, one hole. And I think that she knows what she's doing. So catfishing. Basically, catfish often hang out in holes in the riverbed during the day. So if you dive underwater and stick your arm in a hole... A catfish might bite down on your arm, giving you the opportunity to grab hold of it, wrestle it, and get it back to the boat or onto the shore. And that's what noodling is. But like all good sports, there's a lot of history and technique and a lot of controversy. There's a whole noodling subculture you really have to get into to understand it. And that's the cliffhanger I'm leaving you on till my next fact. That's right. Both of my facts are about noodling because this is all I care about anymore. <laughs> Hello, Fish King. Greetings. Teach us your ways. Hey, what gets you wet for fish? One of the coolest kinds of fish. Obviously, we got our trouts, um, but they fall under the family. I don't know how to pronounce this. Uh, Salmonidae. I'm not sure. That's probably pretty wrong. 
but that's what it looks like. You're the fish king. You, however you pronounce it goes. All right, yeah, so the Salmonides, they're pretty cool. Um, so you got your salmons, you got your trouts, you got your whitefish, and then you also got your graylings. And then you got some other things that a lot of people don't know about these. They live in Asia. They're called like Lenik and Timon. They're awesome. They're so sick, but we'll get into that later. Don't worry. Don't even stress about it. <laughs> oh, and you also have char. Can't forget the char. <laughs> Can't forget the what? The char. We love char. Char, awesome. When you're cooking the fish, you want a good char? Nah, nah. That's a good way to ruin it. Uh, but like bull trouts, bull trouts are technically, they're not trout. They're char. So they're, they're kind of slightly different. They got like different chromosomes and all that stuff. But they can still interbreed. So you can get a brook trout, which is a char, and a brown trout, which is a trout. You can crossbreed them and create a sterile hybrid called a tiger trout. And they're, they're sick. They're gorgeous. They got cool like tiger stripes on their back. They're orange. And since they're sterile, they're used for conservation purposes and they get stocked into a bunch of lakes to prevent overpopulation. So a lot of times you got brook trouts and cutthroats and things and they stunt their growth because they'll grow so heavily in the lakes that they just don't get enough food. And so you'll get like a age five fish that's only 10 inches long when it should be 20. Um, so they put all these tiger trout in there and they swim around and because they're not focused on breeding or anything, they go way bigger, way faster. And so they swim around and they just eat all the little fish and then you got some predators in the ecosystem, much healthier happier very controllable because the tiger trout can't breed and create more of them they're pretty sick hell yeah the mules of fish yeah pretty much <laughs> if mules were carnivores which is a scary thought <laughs> just mules controlling white-tailed deer populations <laughs> oh no <laughs> okay so then we also got the salmon obviously we all love salmon delicious to eat fun to catch cool to look at salmons there's a bunch of different species of them the wikipedia page i was looking at said that there was like 47 different species of atlantic salmon and and true trout which that seems like a lot i only know two atlantic salmon and brown trout so not really sure where they get those numbers from two and 47 are pretty different numbers <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if they're breaking down like you got like German brown trout and Spain brown trout and England brown trout. And they're all like a little bit different, but not really. They're all the same pretty much. So I don't know if they're breaking it down like that because if they are, that's stupid. <laughs> Heard it here first. Fish King said it's stupid. There's two species of salmon. Deal with it. No, 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 no. Atlantic salmon. Well, okay, I guess on the Atlantic, the ones that go into North America are probably a little bit different than the ones that go into Europe, but I'm pretty sure they're both Atlantic salmon. I'm not really sure. Um, I'm, I, I'm not a salmon expert. I, I believe that there are two different species of salmon, and anyone who says that there's more is just wrong. <laughs> no, but these are Atlantics. You got Pacifics. You got a whole slew of Pacific salmon. No, no, my brain's grabbed onto this. It's too late. I'm gone. No, the Pacific salmon are awesome because they come all at different times of the year and they bring all the nutrients from the ocean into land. So it's just a ton of nutrients and food all coming back at once. But you'll get like in the beginning of the year, you'll get like chum salmon and uh, dog salmon and pink salmon that'll come in. And then later in the summer, 
you'll get yourself like the silvers and some of the cohos and the chinooks and that'll last like into the fall when it gets really cold but the salmon i mean they, you know they're traveling hundreds to thousands of miles upstream they're migrating back to their to their home waters um, where they were born and they got a really incredible sense of smell that's how people think like we're not really sure how the salmon find their way home but we think that it's sense of smell we think they smell things yeah they can so fish fish have nostrils um and so that's why when you're doing some catfishing you want to use some stinky bait because they'll smell it and also like their whiskers will pick it up too but yeah fish have nostrils and so they can smell things in the water you know sharks they can smell blood oh i guess that's true and they are fish Kinda. Kinda. Yeah, yeah, but the salmons can smell one part per million, I think is what it is. The internet said that that's equivalent to one drop of something in 10 Olympic-sized pools. So that's a, that's a lot of water. Yeah, that's impressive. And then I, I'm also guessing they use the Earth magnetic field, kind of like birds do, because um, I think they can sense that. But then, they yeah, they find their way back up to their stream, and then when they get to their streams, you know, they may... You get some fish cream because sometimes the rivers, there's so many salmon spawning at once that the river will turn white um, with their milt. It's crazy. White with fish cum. It literally looks like a river of milk. And then they all die. And the other fish that live in the rivers that don't migrate out, they'll eat the dead, decaying salmon pieces. They'll eat the baby salmon, they'll eat the salmon eggs, the birds go crazy eating all the bits of salmon, the bears eat all the bits of salmon. Everybody's getting in on the feast. Yeah, so salmon, pretty cool. Now, let me tell you about them timing that live in, in like Mongolia. We can't jump past all of the salmon come. Feel free to ask questions. Go. This is a this is a safe space, ask questions. Yeah, we gotta go. I have a couple of questions. <laughs> you you I, go first. You clearly want to talk about fish cup. So. <laughs> I want a t-shirt or like a sticker that said, like has a, like a grizzled looking salmon on it. And says something like, live fast, come hard, die young. What exactly is making the water white? Jizz. Okay. Concise. Good answer. Good answer. Here's my question. This is this is more of a like cultural historic fact. So I know for a fact that there are like lots of folk legends about rivers of milk. And so when you said that, I was like, hold no. on. Are these Wait. legends actually just about fish cum? Oh no, and people are like, oh my god, the rivers turn to milk, let's drink our fill, and they're just guzzling fish cum. <laughs> Yeah, it's very possible, because if you think about how many salmons we done killed over the last, you know, couple centuries, there used to be so many more salmons than there are now. So you were getting rivers in, like, California that were turning white with, with the salmons spawning, doing their thing in there. Now it's just them Johns up in Alaska where it's like, this is the last place that there's really a lot of salmon. The final frontier of fish come. Yeah. I know there's multiple seasons of salmon in Alaska. Do you know which ones you fish for in, like, Seward out in that, like, crazy bay? Yeah, they probably fish for most of them there. Obviously, some areas get better returns than others. Like, Bristol Bay is the biggest, best salmon run in the world. Um, but, I mean, you got sockeyes. Those are the ones that are, like, you see the pictures of them. They got the red sides and the green head and the big hook jaw with the teeth on it. Those are sockeyes um okay. that's a good guess that i mean they're everywhere that's what a lot of people like when you're eating salmon too at the grocery store that's what you're getting 
But there are yeah. also probably silvers and definitely Chinooks, just because Chinooks, they're the biggest species of salmon. They can get like six feet long and over 100 pounds. So they're, it, it's a hell of a fish. I really want to catch one because they're just giant okay. and pretty. I've never, I've never pictured a salmon as being bigger than like a foot long. Like you can catch brown trout and rainbow trout that are over three feet long. And that's not even steelheads. Oh, we got so much to get into. This is going to be like a four-hour episode. Well, what I, well, I wanted to ask about Alaska is because I went salmon fishing in Seward, Alaska over oh, the wow. summer. And I what caught you, one. Nice. How do you salmon? Is that fly fishing or like angling? So it's what? snagging, which felt pretty brutal. Is the, That's like not legal in other places, right? Nah, snagging's hella illegal in everywhere except for Alaska. <laughs> yeah, so I was just handed a pole and was like, this is how we do it here. And then I talked to Sam afterwards and he was like, yeah, that's super illegal in every place. It's not Alaska. Oh. Um, so I've been salmon snagging in Seward. That's, you should put that on a resume. And I did catch one. Would you like to guess how big it was? <laughs> oh, I know. I know how big it was. <laughs> you sent me a picture of it. <laughs> I'm going to say 20 pounds. <laughs> Try three inches. Oh! <laughs> you got the twenty right, but it was millimeters. I'm gonna find you a picture of this. I, Sam knows what I'm talking about. To be fair, here's <laughs> it's so fair, funny. Here's the best part. That day, the fishing was just bad. Like it was not. Nobody was getting anything. Like it just really was not going well. And so this is the only fish that my entire crew, like friend group that was going there caught was me catching this. exactly so i won i yeah. for sure won however it was the just fish, a small trophy it was a small trophy the fish was this big <laughs> oh my god the hook is so much bigger than him so oh so they <laughs> look just how swim, illegal that is they just swim past it and get caught on it yeah so i just stood there for two hours doing this Oh, that's why it's called snagging. That's why it's called snagging. You just, you just cast and jerk it, and they just get caught on it. You're just jerking it. <laughs> just jerking it at the salmon, and they're jerking it at you. Yeah, so exactly. You can do it with a fly rod, too. Look, look how proud I am. Yeah, look at you. Of this singular salmon that I've caught. <laughs> Nobody else caught jack shit that day. That except for not... this tiny fucking salmon. That is not a catch. That is bait. <laughs> yeah, I should have kept it on there and yeah. waited for something bigger to come back. That's funny. But yeah, so technically, I've caught a salmon in Alaska. Yeah. And then I was oh, promptly yeah. told that the way in which I caught this salmon is incredibly illegal everywhere except for where I did it. I guess, you know. Well, I mean, you might be able to do it for, like, carps and shit. I don't really know. Because fuck carp. <laughs> No, I mean, like, not not these ones. These ones are cool carps. Commons and mirrors and grass, they're cool. They're, they're chill. You don't fuck carp, you eat carp. Hey, they got them dick-sucking lips. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, wait, okay, new tangent, new tangent. <laughs> you which... can fuck the carp as long as you eat it afterwards. My, well, my question was going to be, which type of fish has would would give the best... Oh, common carp, no doubt. You seen those glub globs? They be they be mucking around in there. Alright, new Google. <laughs> common carp glub glub. <laughs> Google that. <laughs> I guarantee you can find a video of somebody trying to bang a carp. Guaranteed. 
I read a uh, article saying that. Oh shit! They look like they're wearing lipstick. <laughs> that would make a mark. Oh, and they got those big f- bedroom eyes. <laughs> You're telling me that's a bedroom eye to you? <laughs> yeah, that's a bedroom eye. One time I cut a carp and I had to stick my fingers like it sucked my fly down, so I had to stick my fingers in my, in its mouth to pull it out, and. I'm not gonna lie, I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. <laughs> How often do you think about it? One time ever. Once in 23 years. <laughs> Did you follow through though? No, fuck no, that's fucked up. Continue on your on tell our us, fish journey. Tell us more about fish and which, how many fish have you fucked? Uh, zero. But speaking of so big fish, fish bigger than you, Kelsey, and especially in the Samide family, the taimen that live in Mongolia, they don't go to the ocean, they just live in the rivers. And you know, Mongolia is one of the last like truly remote places on the planet. These fish will regularly get to six feet long and they will eat squirrels that swim across the river. Like they will just straight up eat ground squirrels that are in the river. Are you, are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> Swear to God. So when people are fishing to them, a lot of times like they'll use a fly that looks like, I don't know, like a whole ball of yarn and a dead squirrel on the end of a hook and they will catch fish on it. This is big like killer whales or natural predators of moose energy, but on a smaller scale. It is. It's the exact same. <laughs> He brought so many better fish facts than we did. You have so many better fish facts. Our facts are barely about fish. Yeah, we're only on the first (laughs) Wikipedia page. So we can, we'll move on from the Salmonides right now. Salmonides. I want a picture of a salmon in a sombrero saying He keeps saying it in a Spanish accent. (laughs) All right, so we're going to move on to these cool ass family of fish. Take a guess at what species of fish makes up 5% of all vertebrate species on the planet. All vertebrates? All vertebrate species on the planet. Well, it's cichlids. So these are a super cool species of fish. Um, You may have seen them in the fish tank at your dentist's office. Do you go to the dentist from Finding Nemo? What, did your dentist not have fish in it when you were a kid? No, no. My no. my dentist just had an oxycotton addiction. <laughs> <laughs> Your dentist had the only dentist I have ever seen with a fish tank in it is the dentist from Finding Nemo. No, they they had a, a fish tank in the front to like relax you. This is some <laughs> fancy Atlanta dentist. My doctor, my pediatrician had a fish tank too. 5% of all vertebrate species on Earth are cichlids, and they're super cool. They're all over. The most northest one is found in Texas. It's called the Rio Grande cichlid, and they're, they're pretty cool. They're, they're pretty sweet-looking fish, and this might be personal bias. I think all cichlids are beautiful. Like, they are just gorgeous fish, lots of really cool colors on them. Some of them get really big, too. So, for example, you got down in the Amazon River the peacock bass which technically not actually bass, it's a cichlid, but they get very, very big, like three plus feet long, and they're incredibly strong. I've caught them in Miami before, and they are probably twice as strong as a largemouth bass is. It's insane. One of the better things you can catch in Miami. Yeah, peacock bass. You could catch a lot worse things like chlamydia and herpes. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, so anyway. not, not only are cichlids found in South America, there's also a bunch of them in Africa. Because, you know, South America and Africa, they used to be attached to each other before they, the continental drifted away. The good old days. But there's a couple of lakes, the African Rift Valley lakes, which are Lake Victoria and Lake Tanganyika and Lake Malawi. So these ecosystems are some of the most diverse on Earth. Like there's, I don't know, I might be just bullshitting here. But I want to say that there's more species of vertebrates found in like the, these lakes than literally anywhere else on the planet. So there's there's a lot of different species of fish. I'm gonna fact check that. <laughs> I trust I trust the fish king. king. I might I might be f- capping so hard right there, but the fish king says it so. <laughs> yeah, if I'm not, then like that's pretty swagger fact. So a cool thing that these fish do when they're breeding um, on the anal fin, which is the one that kind of goes by their butthole, um, hence the name. Uh, The males on them have little yellow spots. And I bet you all can't guess why they got them little yellow spots on their tails. Is it a caution sign? Or is it an enter here sign? It's kind of an enter here sign because the females, what they'll do is they'll lay their eggs on, they build these intricate nests and the females will lay the eggs in it and then scoop them up in their mouths. Then they'll see the dots on the males. <laughs> another, here comes another fish blowjob joke. Yeah, they see the, the dots on there and they swim over to pick it up in their mouth and the male will just come straight into their mouth uh, to fertilize the eggs that the female picked up. And then the females will swim around for about a month while the eggs hatch. Just common eggs in in her mouth, she swims around for a month. Just like goes and sits in a cave for a month. And then when the fry hatch, like she'll open her mouth and they'll swim out. But they'll also use their mouths to protect the fish. So if like a predator comes or it seems dangerous or something, then they'll open their mouth and all the fry will swim back in and she'll close it to keep them safe. This did not happen in the first 10 minutes of Finding Nemo. That's why it focused on the clownfish and not this fish, because you didn't have to see the dad in Finding Nemo come in his wife's mouth. <laughs> hey, maybe she would have lived then. She wouldn't have had to fight that weird monster fish. She would have just sat in her cave full of cum. <laughs> <laughs> just sitting in my cave full of cum, minding my own business, staying in my lane. So... Fish in general, I don't know why we're getting to this at this point in the podcast, because this is, I've talked a lot about fish. But anyways, cool fish fact for you. There's more species of fish than birds, mammals, amphibians, and reptiles combined. That's so many fish. That's crazy, actually. More than half of vertebrates are fish, which is pretty cool. There's about, like, there's there's over 25,000 different species of fish. Like, there's a shitload of fish. That's so many fish. That's a metric shit ton of fish. Hey there, Editing Libby here. Turns out there were too many fresh fish facts to be contained in just one episode. So this is the end of part one. Stay tuned for part two if you want to hear about niche congressional roles, the perils of noodling, and Kelsey's newfound appreciation for the band Fish. Bye for now!